0: and welcome to the PMU NDA podcast. My name is Justin Pearce and I'm the editor. These podcasts are a series of short interviews with some of the amazing people who have taken part in the Practice Makes Up Perfect program, a course in association with Amy King that helps men and women find and finesse public voices. Justina, hi and welcome to the NDA PMU podcast.
1: Hi Justin, a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Pleasure. So before we kick off into the subject de jour, what should I do a quick intro to you? Who are you? Where do you work? What do you do there? What do you do before that, show?
1: Mm-hmm. So I work for a digital advertising tech company called Datform and I'm here for my 13th year. So I'm quite a dinosaur here and I try to remember actually just recently due to my anniversary. So do I have any other colleagues who are with me for the entire 13 years here? And it's only three of us. Wow.
0: Well, wow. congratulations.
1: Thank That's you.
0: It's good going. Good going. So today we're going to talk about social bias in high-tech products. Uh, So let's come up with why that title? Why is this of interest to you in the first place?
1: Mm -hmm. To be honest, I'm not an expert, but I actually stumbled uh, upon this topic quite recently, and it shocked me. It honestly shocked me, the evidence that I found that social bias, racial bias, any other humanitarian bias is very much ingrained in um, tech products, digital products that all of us use every day. So just to share an example with you, and typically the examples come from the big companies because naturally they get more scrutiny, more people are using them and so on. So one example is even now, if you type into Google search, um, "free black uh, teenagers and um. people go to images, You will find the top search results being shots um, from uh, having this background of teenagers actually being stand by the wall in you know police station. So really having this criminal aspect. But if you type in white teenagers. The results are mostly from this happy shutter stock, you know, piles of things and so on. And this was actually made known quite some years ago. And typically, how companies, Google and others, react to those, um, you know, cases being uh, visible, we just tweak algorithms to make sure that those particular searches, those particular cases are not that edgy anymore, but we don't address this in a structural way. However, with three, you know, black teenagers that was highlighted quite some years ago actually checked that. It's still the case.
0: Okay. So what I, first of all, on that particular case, I guess, and the ones like it, that's algorithmically based. And the algorithm serves up content that is much searched for in relation to those search terms. So is there, that's not an excuse, but is there a sort of a... uh, a rational reason for this in terms of the Mm -hmm. technology is is just returning what humans are searching for in the first place.
1: Mm -hmm. But uh, are you saying that uh, I, as a human being, typing into search free black teenagers, I'm looking to see images from the police stations? Well, honestly, personally, I'm not, right? So I think technology and what a lot of companies are saying that technology, digital products, uh, search engines, in particular, are simply amplifying what is living in our societies, right? Our thoughts, our views, our biases, and so on. However, in the physical world, there's a lot of regulation. Governments are stepping that up, you know, to kind of set laws and regulations, on what is acceptable, what is not, and ultimately striving to have equal representation, equal rights, equal opportunities for different background people, race, or you know, other social biases. And I just simply think looking into those examples, that we have too little of that in the in the digital space yet.
0: What do you think is the wider potential damaging impacts of this, you know, we'll Gert's other a good example, but obviously, you know, in every sort of technology. What can happen? What's, what's, the, what's the negative impact potentially, do you think?
1: Well, I think, and that's just my personal opinion, right, that if this area, the lack of ethics, if I may put it this way, if it continues in the digital space, unattended, ungoverned, uncontrolled to a certain degree, which still protects all the, you know, free um, word of, of, you know, speech, rights, and and everything, which of course we need to keep, all the all the discrimination, the really racism, it will move to the digital space more and more and will definitely start dominating our lives more as more of our lives lives every day become more digital. And I think we are going kind of a similar path to what we have gone to a certain extent to when it comes to data or personal data protection, right? For many years, nobody cared. Nobody really understood what the, the impact is until suddenly one day, actually the government's the policymakers started to say, oh my God this is really bad, right? And then it became known also in broader societies and like, you know, ordinary people not necessarily working in high tech or, you know, technologies actually understood that that's a problem or at least that's my impression. So I really hope that we, it will not take too long from where we are now because the problems are there already. It's not something to happen in the future where they're already become before it becomes too ugly, and too late, and too unfair for certain groups of people, right, that it gets the needed traction and attention, first of all, in the policy making, uh, maker size to address that and actually put a stop to that.
0: Okay. So what do you think, what can be done, you know, to solve this, as you say, it's, you know, the personal data issues comes to fore, and technology is now being redesigned around that. But when it comes to social bias and technology, what can be done?
1: so i think there's so much that can be done i already mentioned policymakers right what if not what if but i would suggest to look in that from the from the um, control and governing perspective so if we have laws by saying that making um, decisions whether in business or in you know public life and Really discriminating, discriminating people or uh, showing them in very tendently uh, wrong light or very unfair light is not acceptable. So we have to have the same rules being applied not only in the physical world, but also in the digital world. However, I think the problem is that policymakers are not yet aware of that. So what do we do and what each and every of us can do? We can actually make them aware we need to create this visibility, we need to create this buzz around this issue which exists. And to actually start doing that, I think we, each and every of us, first of all, need to understand and to look for problems and to really assess the digital products that we use every day, multiple of them, with a more critical eye for social bias. And if we spot them, really not just think, well, maybe it's a glitch, maybe it's just me, but really call them out. And I think all of us now have really big power in social platforms, the different ones that we use. We can actually tag the companies, actually ask the questions to them and get the attention, make it amplified. And then the third thing, is to really make more people aware about that so to amplify effects effects of knowledge sharing and acknowledging the station that we are in
0: mm, i think that's interesting so i g- guess making people aware not just the companies but then making the advertisers the advertise with those companies were what making the whole sort of the interconnected value chain around around these technologies
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Because in the end, um, search engines or in general, actually any commercial digital products, they are driven purely by commercial agenda. And very often, uh, most probably, you know, big companies will never admit that, that, you know, a highest paying client will come and will change their agenda. But that's the reality. I mean, you just need a different caliber of client with, you know, a bigger bucket of bucks to come to you. And uh, this is what happens. And the reality, the harsh one is that people who cannot pay are vulnerable who are I don't know in difficult uh, life situations um, who are not even on the internet right so we have plenty of people living in countries where we don't have smartphones yet we are not using that so we cannot pay or do anything else to optimize the content on the internet which lives there to be fairly represented
0: where do you think the most? likely for, for, sorry, problematic areas are? Is it, is it social tech, media technology? Is it audio technology? AI, you know, as, as this technology that powers our world keeps evolving and, and speeding mm-hmm. up, what particular areas do you think could hold the most worry?
1: I think from the perspective uh, of the type of digital product, like the industry uh, or the problem area that we are solving and like the company or location of the company, I don't think there are any better or worse. The problems are all there, but there's another aspect. The companies, so actually their products uh, are different in the level of impact we can make, or in other words, maybe um, damage we can make to actually shaping the wider population views on certain segments of people who are not very well represented yet. on on the internet in general. So here I I must come back to search engines, of course, to social networks and media. Um, Yeah, so those in my views would be the most impactful and therefore having the potential to actually do the biggest damage in that sense.
0: Okay. I I guess on the flip side, have potential to do the most good if they can implement these things and get rid of social bias.
1: Mm-hmm. Can you repeat that question? I'm not sure I'll go ahead
0: Well, you say if the social network searches, that's where social bias can have the most the most. Uh, negative impacts. But by by addressing those problems, it can have, have the most positive impact, I guess, in terms of the... That's true. Red, red. And
1: that's the beauty of technology, right? So a lot of companies are saying in response to those um, cases made visible, you know, that got the publicity as negative. They're saying, yeah, but, you know, technology cannot be racist because those are purely arg- algorithms and algorithms are based on code. And code is pure math. Math is not racist. But I'm sorry, who is building map, who is creating code, who is creating algorithms? People who are very much having different views. And unfortunately, some of them are racist, right? So this is where the change needs to happen. And ultimately, the beauty is that it all depends. You can use the same tool to do harm or to do really nice, beautiful things. So the same goes to high-tech products and the same goes to algorithms. There is no difference in that sense.
0: No, I get that. I guess, yes, technology can't be racist, but technology algorithms are created by people in some way. Yeah.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. Well, Justina, thank you so much. That was a really, really great start for a look at the potential problems and potential solutions, always, of social bias and technology. So thank you so much for spending time with us.
1: Thank you, Justin. It was really my pleasure and very interesting topic.
0: And thank you for listening. Goodbye.